Ah, okay. We seem to be battling with that line there, but I think many of you would know uh, why we're going to be checking in with Dr. Alex Mashilo because, um, yes, Dr. Mashilo? Hi, Aya Bonga. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? All right, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very eventful day for the party today. Um, It was a tiresome day. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Talk to us, I guess, about, um, before we even get to what the Concord said today, your own assessment of the administrative decision by the Department of Justice and Correctional Services in earlier not deciding or deciding to reject the application for parole by convicted murderer Janusz Walusz? Look, if I were to give you my own assessment of the decision by the Department of Justice and Correctional Services, I will refer you to the court judgment that in fact agreed with the Department of Justice and Correctional Services. You will recall that there was a judgment by the uh, High Court of South Africa mm. in uh, the city of Tuani, ordering the minister to release uh, the convicted assassin on parole. Uh, the Minister of Justice and Correctional Services, supported by the SACP and the Chris Hines family, took uh, that uh, judgment uh, on appeal uh, to the Supreme Court of Appeal in Mangawung. And the Supreme Court of Appeal in Mangawung overturned that. Mm. So now when you listen to uh, the Constitutional Court judgment, the way they were so critical about the Ministers of Justice and Correctional Services, it was as if even the learned court in the judge, in the Supreme Court of Appeal, and in other high courts who uh, issued judgment agreeing with the department, uh, were 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 just acting out of you know out of the woods. So it is very difficult to assess uh, the decisions of the department of uh, of the ministers of justice and correctional services without acknowledging that even the learned courts uh, did agree with some of those decisions. In fact, reversing the decisions made by the lower courts. Mm, mm. So, and we did accept uh, those particular outcomes then. Yeah. Now, now I guess the, the, the other element that um, you certainly for me is of interest is, you know, then your own assessment of the sort of arguments that allowed the Constitutional Court to arrive at its decision that there was some irrationality in the decision that had been made by the executive authority here insofar as the granting of parole to Janusz Walusz. Um, and uh, we also did see, of course, made uh, Mpoani uh, justifiably angry at the end of those proceedings earlier on today. Just your thoughts. Uh, you did say earlier on that you felt the Concord was quite critical uh, of the executive authority in this case. Uh, so, yeah, your reflections on that. Yes, uh, the Department mm. of Justice and Correctional Services on the other. The Constitutional Court agreed that there were another there was another submission by the South African Communist Party and the Chris Hani family supporting the Department of uh, uh, Justice and Correctional Services. But we were doing so based also on our own facts, which the Department of Justice and Correctional Services did not cover. Sitting in that court, listening to the judgment from the beginning to the end, there was no reference whatsoever to both the written Avidavit, meaning the written submissions, as well as the oral submissions by the SNCP and the Hani family legal team led by advocate Sikakani Senior. Mm-hmm. It was as if we didn't make the submissions. We are unhappy about that. Uh, there was, uh, when the Constitutional Court opened its judgment, it did acknowledge that uh, the assassination of Chris Hani 
uh, who was Prizhani uh, the husband, Prizhani the father, the uncle, you name it, and Prizhani the general secretary of the SACP and a member of the National Executive Committee of the ANC, uh, actually drove South Africa to the brink of civil war. So the Constitutional Court introduced an amendment there called it uh, uh, civil unrest, right? Mm. That submission came from the written submission of the SACP and the Hani family. So when the Constitutional Court opened its judgment with that submission without acknowledging it came from the SACP and the Hani family, it said that this submission has to be taken into account. However, it is not the only fact to be taken into account. Mm. Afterwards, having not acknowledged the SACP and the Hani family, afterwards, the Constitutional Court judgment went all the way up to the end, as if there were two submissions. The submission by the convicted assassin and the submission by the Minister of Justice and Correctional Services. In addition, they made use of an apartheid era judgment to say the particular judgment did say that the court in South Africa during that time could actually substitute an administrative decision or order those who made that administrative act to take a different decision, which they could direct. They said that this was a judgment taken before 1994. Hang on. Before 1994, those judgments were not based on the constitution of the Republic of South Africa, which is governing us after 1994. Mm. Of course, they, as a relevant fact, they said Yanis Walu's uh, parole mm. would be governed in terms of a 1956 act up until somewhere around uh, the year 2000. That would have been reasonable. But to go into an apartheid era judgment, which was not based on our post-1994 constitution, caught us by surprise a little bit. Why is it during the submissions that we made in tuning some mm. of the claims that the convicted assassin made in the court of law? Yeah, yeah. Last question on my end before we let you go, uh, Dr. Mashilo. I think many people are suggesting that um, the dispensation that we had in 1994 with the breakthrough in 1994, um, in essence and in its principles, would have foreseen and anticipated a moment where some of your own armies in the war that had engulfed this, or enemies, I should say, in the war that had engulfed this country, would at some stage, one, be brought to book if they hadn't applied for amnesty or had a full disclosure, and that at some stage, uh, the legal process would not take them to the gallows, but would give them life sentences where they would have the option for parole. Uh, What do you say to people who say, well, he has served out his sentence, he ticks all of the boxes, according to the Constitutional Court, that should give one parole. Uh, Surely this is something that um, you yourselves as a party, alongside many of your counterparts in the Alliance and the Mass Democratic Movement, have fought for. No, 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 no. That will be a misinterpretation of fact. Mm. The apartheid regime was declared by the United Nations as a crime against humanity. That is why we have a serious problem if you base a democratic order on a judgment emanating from a system that was uh, declared to be a crime against humanity by the United Nations. And you can never equate those who were fighting to overthrow that crime against humanity to bring it in an end to those who were fighting to defend it. One mm. is Wallace, 
was fighting at the court. You see, the court, uh, uh, in quoting uh, what the SACP and the Hani family said without attribution, did acknowledge that the assassination of Chris Hani was actually an assassination of a transition to democracy in South Africa. Mm. It was an assassination of a transition to a democracy that established this court, which was not there during the apartheid regime. So it will be important to be quite very clear. And uh, I referred to the written and oral submissions made by the SACP mm. through its legal team. We disputed this thing that Yanis Walu did ask for forgiveness from the family of Kizani. We know, and we said, I, have, I am one of those who attended the hearing. And it was clear to us that this thing was just a kickbox exercise mm. by someone who wanted to be released on parole. Lastly, I want to warn South Africans, and I'm doing so from the bottom of my heart, because tomorrow one family should not come and think as if they are treated unjustly. Let me tell you, there will be a before and an after of this case in South Africa. Mm. Tomorrow, somebody can assassinate another one, can murder another one, can rape another person. From the first day this person is incarcerated in jail, this person can behave in such a way as it would attract parole. On the first day, he is uh, eligible for parole. This case will say that person must go out. Mm-hmm. So there is no longer a maximum sentence in South Africa after this judgment. Mm. That is the implication. That is what South Africans have to appreciate. How are we going to fight against political assassination? How are we going to fight against gender-based violence? How are we going to fight against murder? If a murderer can have a list of uh, what will guide him, what to do in order to attract parole on the first day, uh, uh, that murderer is eligible for parole. That is the implication to be discussed by all South Africans. Dr. Mashilo? It is possible South Africa will not defeat crime and killing in mm. this country under this regime of laws and interpretation yeah. of these laws. Eish. Dr. Mashilo, we're going to have to leave it there for tonight. Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Dr. Alex Mashilo is the spokesperson of the South African Communist Party and speaking to us, of course, uh, today after the uh, Constitutional Court handed down a unanimous judgment declaring the decision by Minister Ronald Lamola, excuse me, uh, the decision there to reject convicted uh, murderer Janusz Walusz's uh, parole application as unconstitutional. And this in the matter, of course, involving uh, the uh, Poles' uh, assassination of uh, uh, former Chief of Staff of Umkondo Sizwe and General Secretary of the South African Communist Party, Chris 